The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to talk from the inside of sports. It's time for G. Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and co-host Micah Warren. We'll talk to and about players, front office personnel, agents, and the newsmakers in and around sports. Now, here are your hosts, G. Cobb and Micah Warren. What is happening, everybody? How you doing? This is G. Cobb in the House on VoiceAmericaSports.com. I'm Micah Warren, joined tonight by my buddy, Jason Ashworth. Yeah, what's happening tonight, buddy? As always, it's Friday. Life is good. Life is good. What about you, my man? We're we're just here to get everyone started for the weekend. We're here to, I mean, if, if there's five people not watching Roy uh, Roy Oswald, then they should be tuned right into the show. <laughs> I'll take five. I think I'll that take five. Last week we had two. I'll take five this week. Yes, we we do, and uh, <laughs> well, uh, we, we probably have holdovers from the last people, the last show that people forgot to click off once they heard us. But I'm sure they've sure. done so by now. But. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, so uh, Philly's making a few moves this week. Um, yeah, we, we know what's funny is it's. I kind of wonder it, it, how the trade would have gone over if the lineup was still in a funk, if they weren't winning games, and if Atlanta had continued. Atlanta's tripped up a little bit. Uh, they have a two and a half game lead in the NL East. Uh, the Phillies are on a tear. Uh, was it eight games now? Nine. No. Nine. No, I think last night was nine because it was eight, eight at home, and they won the final game in St. Louis. So I think last night made it nine. Wow! So they had oh. they have two back to back four game uh, series at home. They swept both series. All right. Well, it's a lot. It's a lot. I think you're. I <laughs> think it's nine going on ten. And uh, you know, Atlanta lost a couple here and there, and and we kind of saw this coming. But I, I think because of that hot streak, the Oswald deal just got everybody that much more fired up because. They went and they got into, you know, into into range of the Braves, and then added this guy. I mean, what's Bobby Cox thinking right now? Yeah, well, if you're if you're the Braves, if you're a Braves fan, if you're Bobby Cox, um, you're certainly looking over your shoulder. I mean, they've been pretty accommodating lately too. I mean, I've I I, I said, and I've said from the beginning of the season, uh, you and I've discussed that I didn't think. Um, based on how the Phillies were hitting and, and some struggles they were having. I didn't think they'd make the playoffs. Um, but I think you and I and, and the rest of uh, the people in Philadelphia, sports for that matter, pretty much knew that all it would take is, is for one hot streak, one hot streak for the Phillies. And if, they, if, if it somehow could coincide with the Braves slipping up, they could get back in this division real quickly. That's exactly what happened. The Braves have slipped up a little bit as of late, and the, and the Phillies have happened to catch fire uh, in that same period. So now, what, two and a half back? And that's a, uh, I mean, it's a whole new ball game right now. Yeah, and, and I know a lot of people are talking about, oh, people had jumped off the Phillies bandwagon or this and that. Well, first of all, when the bats went cold, we gave it a long time. We're like, well, this can't continue. This can't, and it just continued and continued. We hadn't seen anything like it. So it really was a cold streak that we had not seen out of this team. There was reasons to think mm-hmm. that they weren't going to make the playoffs. Not only was the lineup just absolutely horrific for a prolonged period of time, like beyond 
the great experience that we were going to give it. And you have a bullpen that still is horrific. Yeah, now, and then on top of that, you had injuries. And when and you have injuries, guys exactly. injured, the, the key players, I mean, Rollins spent majority of the first half of the season on the DL, and Utley spent so much time on the DL. Uh, and then you have, I mean, and even a, even with Shane Victorino now, I mean, during this hot streak, another guy goes on the DL who's a key cog of the team. And then you go ahead and you bring up this quote-unquote phenom, or at least the, the next oh. guy in line, oh, uh, Dominic Brown. I'm oh, saying Dominic Brown. Uh, and he and he had, for all intents and purposes, I mean, he had a great start to his professional career um, the other night. Nearly put one out his first at bat. Uh, now, obviously, it's just one game. It's one step. But it's still exciting. It just goes to show that um, they're fighting through these injuries right now, however possible. And it's, uh, it's going to be fun to see how long they can do this for. Yeah, if they can get back into it and somehow uh, get into the playoffs, which it, it looks like they can do that. But, boy, you know, I'm watching the, uh, the Diamondbacks game last night. I'm looking at the left side of the Phillies infield. Cody Ransom and Wilson Valdez? Mm-hmm. You going you gonna, right? gonna win rings with that? <laughs> I don't think people want to take a guess. I'm like, who are these guys? You know, they've just they've had some guys up that they've really been doing it with duct tape and uh, mm-hmm. model airplane glue. Well, you know what? To be honest with you, too, not not so much Cody Ransom. Uh, I mean, I, I don't mind the guy, Cody. I, I think he's uh, he, he's just kind of buying his time uh, until his lineup gets healthy. But I think Valdez has really secured a spot. Um, you know, with this organization, with this team. Um, now, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say they're really going to, you know, bring him back down. But look what the guy's done. He's played multiple positions. He's got great speed. Not necessarily a great bat, um, although he'll find a poke every now and again. But he's just been real versatile defensively, and, and I think he's been one of the biggest reasons that the Phils have been able to stay in this, um, at least defensively, to have his versatility shift him around, let him play second, short, third. Uh, there's even talk. There was even talk at one point where. Um, if they needed to, they could put him in the outfield. And that's how, I mean, and to have a guy like that in your roster that can just kind of float and fill and, and contribute however possible, I mean, that's kind of the big reason that, that a team's able to weather a storm of injuries the way the Phillies have. No, it is. And, you know, I was thinking about this yesterday about the Oswald deal because uh, they added starting, obviously now, Halliday Hamill's Oswald. That's one of the filthiest one, two, threes in all of baseball. It, it, I even said this before. I was kind of hoping, you know, what about bullpen help? This bullpen's horrific. Uh, Herndon and Baez are garbage. I mean, these guys, and you can't even put them in games. I mean, and that's not to mention J.C. Romero couldn't throw a strike last night. Brad Lidge, he was sharp last night. But, I mean, I, I don't think anyone's like, whew, thank God, Brad Lidge is in the game. We can all we can go have a bite. We don't, have to, we don't have to worry about this. But if Moyer doesn't get hurt, Oswalt was your bullpen help, too, because you could have sent uh, Kendrick to the back. Yeah, well, I mean that's if they that's if they decided to even bring Kendrick up. I don't think. I know we were talking, and the Moyer injuries was almost a blessing in disguise because it forced the Phillies' hand. They knew they had to do something. Uh, but it, again, everything. And I know everyone wants to point to bullpen and bullpen and bullpen. And yes, you don't win in the postseason without a strong bullpen. Um, but the, the the thing that that pushes this team is their bats. And if their bats are, are clicking, in 2008, they averaged 8.8 runs. In 2009, it was 8.6. This year, it was well, they're like 4.4. So once they start swinging these bats and, and they give themselves a little bit of breathing room so it's not 2-1 to one in the 8th, 2-1 to one in the ninth. I mean, you're going to see a little less importance put on that bullpen. Now, can that speak for the postseason? No, not yet. Uh, and then I know there's much, always... That's, but that's pretty much how they won the World Series. I mean, you could go into every game. The bullpen did win the World Series. You're absolutely right. 
you're absolutely right. And I think the only, I think a difference now between, or at least one of the differences now between this team and that team, is they had a stellar bullpen and an average, other than Cole Hamels, an average starting rotation. Now they have a great starting rotation. <laughs> I average it was average, dude. They just flipped it. I mean, they just well, fair enough. But I mean, Blank, the one thing, well, the one thing but... I said was. What are you going to do? You're going to expect your starting pitchers to throw complete game shutouts every game? No, you can't. Well, I'll be damned if they didn't go out and at least give themselves a good shot to to put themselves in position for that. I mean, Adam Oswald gives you three legitimate guys who can go nine. No, you're you're absolutely right. Uh, I, I just still think the, the, I love the philosophy in '08 where you can go in every game saying, "Look, all we have to do is get their starter out." Keep the game close because I'll take my bullpen and my lineup against your bullpen and your lineup, and, yep. and you could win games seventh, eighth inning. You could you could win games that way. They can't do this. It's the complete opposite. They need a ten yep. run lead before they get to the seventh inning because they might blow that too. I mean, yep. this bullpen is really really dreadful. It is, but I, but by the same token, uh, I guess I'll ask Michael you this: Layton, What do you want? What do you want the Phillies to do if you had? If you had your druthers, do the Phillies go after Roy Oswalt or Fausto Carmona, or do they go after Down, Eric Down from the Blue Jays? What about Joaquin Soria from the from the Royals? Okay, or Joaquin Soria or Matt Katz. Would you want them to address and go get a high end starter, or do you want them to go get a high end reliever? What, if Look, you had I, your I'm, not, I'm not knocking the Oswalt move. I'm, I just think. Oh no, no, no! I'm not saying you're knocking it. I'm just asking if right now, if you had your druthers. Because there's only so many moves. There's only so much you can do to deplete your farm system. There's only so much you can do with the trade deadline to improve your team. You can't do a complete overhaul. So I'm just retroactively speaking, if I had to offer a deal to you and said, okay, you can either go out and get Carmona or you can get Oswald, or I'll, for, and well, to be honest with you, you're going to have to give up more to get either caps or downs. Because everything I've seen for caps and downs, I mean, the Nationals got to, Got two, two great prospects in, in return for caps, and uh, for downs, the Blue Jays are asking for a boatload. We already gave them a boatload. They have our boatload. They already yeah. have our farm system. <laughs> they finally got goes. In the they deal. <laughs> but I mean, and speaking of giving stuff up, let's look at what the Phillies really gave up for Oswald. Um, Anthony Goes is a is an outfielder in Single A Lakewood. Uh, He's in Clearwater. I'm sorry, he was in Clearwater. Uh, supposedly one of the fastest guys in the entire minors. Yeah, that, well, he's like he's got a lot of upside. I don't think he he doesn't necessarily have, um, and that's kind of why he was traded in that in the Brett Wallace move uh, directly following the trade with Houston. Um, the upside on Goes is what's attracting everybody. I know the the Blue Jays were in love with Goes uh, during the whole Holiday thing. Um, are you kidding me? Lead off double, first pitch thrown by Oswald to double. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm love it. But the Oswald, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I shortchanged him. It's a triple. Oh, how about that? Uh, welcome to Philadelphia, Roy. Um, <laughs> so no, I mean, the whole thing about Goes is yeah, he's got a lot of upside. He's a he's a blazer in center field, but he's still improving. It's more about the ceiling. Uh, that's what everybody was falling in love with. He's hitting two sixty three in single A. I mean, speed is all well and good. Do you remember uh, what was it? Chris Gomez uh, from the Mets. He was he was later traded to the Twins. I mean. Absolute burner. They were they were saying this kid's faster than Reyes, which you say that in New York and everyone's going to pay attention. But they're like, well, the one thing we don't know is if he can hit. <laughs> so you're saying you don't know if he can play baseball? Yeah, right. I don't care how fast he is. So he's nice. fast. So nice. you're going to go out and you're going to draft uh, Hayward Bay because he runs a four two, but he's really <laughs> not that good of a route runner or receiver. Awesome. So it's 
Exactly. So it's great when we hear speed and everything, but but he's hitting 263 in single A. He wasn't coming up anytime soon. A second round pick in 2008. Uh, he he does have, like you said, high, uh, some upside. The uh, Jay Happ is the uh, the main was really I guess the centerpiece in that deal. 27 year old pitcher. Uh, I'm a Happ fan. I am, and you can say he he played above his head last year. Maybe he did. Uh, runner up in the rookie of the year voting in the last two years. He's been 13 and four. I know he's a uh, banged up this year. He missed an awful lot of time for some tightness in his forearm. I love how the Phillies do that. Oh, it's just some tightness. Oh, yeah, he's going to the 60-day DL tomorrow. <laughs> but, but so he's been banged up for a while. He's got good numbers. He's 27. He's five years younger than Oswald, and he comes cheap. Mm-hmm. So I didn't, I, love giving, I didn't love giving him up. Um, I When the whole deal for Oswald was coming through, I was one of those guys. Um, yeah, and I don't know how this is going to work out. Uh, I really don't. I was one of the guys saying, I don't want Oswald. I would rather have Fausto Carmona over Oswald. And uh, the big reason for me was, not that I think Oswald isn't a good pitcher. I do. I do think Oswald is a good pitcher. Is he Oswald that we remember from 05? Go ahead, Jake. Can you hold that thought for one second? we got to take a break. Can we get back to the same? Uh, all right. I don't mean to interrupt. They're telling me we got to take a break. Uh, all right. We'll get, we'll get more on the Oswald trade and the Philippine Phillies when we come back. The G Cobb in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Join Patricia Raskin, the host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday, 11 Pacific. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call to Positive Living, Mondays at 11 Pacific Time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. Do you want to know what's really going on these days? Well, Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in Washington, on Wall Street, and in our nation's legal system impacts your business every day. We're taking you on a behind-the-scenes tour of all of it. Each week, we bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers, lawyers, and business leaders. I'm Kevin O'Neill, and I'm your host as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join me for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Network each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. If you want to get ahead, you have to stand out from the crowd, the clutter, and the competition. Are you? Tune in each week for Standing Out with Lauren Saunier. Lauren and her guests have the secrets that can help you and your business get noticed, get attention, and achieve your desired results no matter where you're starting from. Standing Out with Lauren Saunier, live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Get ready to be a marketing machine. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house featuring Gary Cobb and co host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll free. 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or send an email to Gary Cobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. 
Now back to G Cobb in the house. All right, we're back here talking Phillies on G Cobb in the house. I'm Michael Warren along with Jason Ashworth. And Jay has some thoughts on this Oswald deal. So, Jay, you were telling us before the break, I had to cut you off. Sorry, we had to take a commercial. Um, you weren't initially thrilled with the Oswald deal because you didn't want him. Correct. When I was looking at this, when you took everything into consideration, and there was talk about the, the Phils going after Oswald, there's some interest in Carmona. When you look at the, the five million they had to pay the remainder of this year, and this was before the deal was done, so you had the five million this year, the sixteen million next year, and then the option, which at the time, for all intents and purposes, all we knew was he was asking to be picked up another sixteen million. So looking at that, I, I focused my attention on two other players. Okay, I either want to keep Hap or I'll look at Carmona for the reason. If you compare Hap's numbers over the last two years to to Oswald's, Hap is five years younger. He's got less hits per nine than Oswald. He's got a better ERA than Oswald. Better numbers, uh, better win-loss. Better, better, better win-loss, but I'll take away the win-loss because he was playing for the Astros. Agreed. I, don't, I, I, wanted like to focus, right, I wanted to focus on you know just the, the numbers that he can control uh, as a pitcher. And for all intent and purposes, when you then include the money that you're going to pay half compared to the money to Oswald, give me half. Now, if you want right. to tell me then that, okay, let's roll the dice a little bit and go out to Cleveland and make half a part of the, the Indians in exchange for Carmona, well, Carmona's a guy that's 26 years old. Just three years ago, he went 19-8, and eight and he, I know he got injured and, and struggled a little bit the last couple of years, but it seems like he's starting to get his stuff back. I know he got shelled the other night, but for all intents and purposes, it seems like he's starting to get his stuff back. He's only getting $6 million next year, and he seems, I think he has two or three club options for the next couple of years, which are not only going to uh, keep him with the club and keep him in line, but it's not for a lot of money. So I thought those two options, to me, made more sense, but I mean, at the end of the day, Oswald's a Philly, and you can't really argue with, with the Phils going out and getting a proven guy who has been one of the better arms, has the best the, the best record, um, I believe, it was, what is it, yeah, the best record of NL righties um, since 2000, I don't know the exact date, I remember uh, seeing the stat on him compared to other NL righties, and it's just, you can't blame him for going out and getting a Roy Oswald. Um, no, but it certainly it certainly isn't a, a non-debatable topic. No, and uh, you can't kill him for going to get Oswald because this is the same town that kills the Philadelphia Eagles every year for yeah. not going the extra mile, for not going getting some free agent who's the best of his position on the market, but not, might not even be that good. Probably going to get overpaid, and there's a salary cap, so you have to be really careful with what you do in football because you're going to pay the price. Now that said. Uh, the Phillies, and you mentioned money, and, and um, as far as you know, teams spending it, that is an issue. Uh, there, there isn't a, a salary cap in baseball, but the Phillies are pretty much pressed to what they can spend. And, and people want to say, "Oh, well, look, oh, they, they, the place is filled every night." That's part of your revenue. I understand. The Phillies are very popular right now; they're doing very well. Still, you get up to 140, 150 million. At some point, the numbers don't add up, and. It, I, I, one of the reasons I bring that up, too, because I know everyone's sick of hearing about this honest and God. I'm, I'm sick of hearing the guy's name, uh, Cliff Lee. That was a move. How, how can, I, look, I love Cliff Lee. Just I love as much him. as the next guy. I wanted Cliff Lee in a Phillies uniform for this year and another six years after here, but I think we knew that wasn't going to happen. But come on. Stop kicking the dead horse. Uh, let it go. Cliff Lee is now a Ranger. Let Cliff Lee get Cliff Lee. Um I'm, nothing bothers me more than people who call into radio stations or their constant argument is, 
oh, we never should the dumbest moving bit, never should have let go. Could you imagine? If we, well, we don't. All right, so move on. And, and part of me wants to say kudos to the Phils for realizing their mistake and going out and getting that guy, for giving him the money that they didn't want to give, give Lee or, or thought they couldn't give Lee. I mean, they, they, they realized their mistake, and they're trying to make up for it. They, and I think money was an issue because don't tell me this replenished the farm system crap, which is what Ruben sold to us, when you get Philippe Omont, Tyson Gillies, and uh, Gonzalez in this deal. Did any one of their names ever come up in the Oswald deal? No. No. The biggest name you know why? You know why? They stink. They can't play. <laughs> Philippe Omont was demoted from double-A to single-A this year. That doesn't mean you're doing well. Mm-mm. You know, and on top of that, they can't even find if he will want him to be a starter or a reliever. They can't even find a, a position for him. Per se. With his mechanics and his release point, this that was. If you really want to complain about the Cliff Lee deal and people say, "Oh, if he was still here, or they could afford it," and blah blah blah, we would have been bought. Forget it. Why don't you focus on the garbage they got in return? Mm-hmm. If I was the GM of the Seattle Mariners, I'd call Ruben tomorrow every day just to see what he's doing. Hey, man, what's going on? <laughs> you know, you got any, any deals? Anybody you want? Anybody looking to load? <laughs> They'll, they'll call Ruben tomorrow, like Ruben tomorrow calls Ed Wade. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because Ruben, Ruben just got the phone with Ed Wade. Ed, what are you doing down there? Yeah. How's Carlos Lee doing? I got you know, to give much thanks to Ed Wade, not only for drafting the pieces in Ryan Howard, Cole Hamels, Jimmy Rollins, Chase Utley, but then going ahead and forking over a guy like Brad Lidge for nothing at the time. Now going ahead and dropping on Roy wall for about nothing uh, in all reality. I mean, Jay Happ is the biggest piece for the other two. I'm not too worried about losing. Uh, and Edway, Edway, Johnson Edway, Pilar, Pilar, the What's that? Uh, just letting people know, Jonathan Pilar, we didn't discuss him. He's a single-A Lakewood. Pilar, yeah. Don't worry about it, basically. He doesn't have I mean, a spot in this, in, on this team. I don't care. Even if he came up, you know, five years from now, I don't think he's got a spot in the, uh, for the Phillies organization. So I'm okay with losing him. Yeah, it wasn't anything. It reminded me of the Cliff Lee deal. and, and well, At least they got a major league player. Yeah. I mean, the Phillies, I think, got three guys that may never ever see the big league. <laughs> so true. But you're right in that if the Phillies are able to do something, uh, you know, you never know what's going to happen. Basically, my, my whole theory on the playoffs in any sport, just get there. Obviously, you'd like to position yourself as best you can, but the bottom line is you just need to get there and play your best baseball at that time or whatever sport you're playing. Just play your best at that time, and anything can happen. So if the Phillies can just get in there, they do have the talent where they can win another World Series. You have to give Ed Wade – I mean, Ed Wade better get a ring. Remember when the Red Sox bought Garcia Parra a ring, even though he wasn't on the team? Ed Wade deserves a ring because, like you said, and not just bringing those guys in, Jay, how many years were – well, Ed Wade, he always thinks he's a buyer at the deadline except this year. He, he doesn't really know. So these teams that were always – they were good teams, but they weren't going anywhere. They were just missed the playoffs by a few games, and people were just dying. Ed, please, do something. Get somebody. You don't think he got tons of calls about guys like Ryan Howard, Utley, Rollins, uh, you know, oh, some of the younger sure. guys, the core that won that first World Series? I'm sure he did. I mean, just when Jim, when Ryan Howard was banging it out in double-A, I'm sure, well, I don't know how much it was ringing off the hook because at the end of the day, it's still just a double-A player. But you know he got offers for those guys. You know back in 2001 he was getting offers for Chase Utley. But Chase Utley was the hottest thing since sliced bread in the Phillies organization at the time. So, yeah, kudos to him for knowing what he had and not just dumping it because, I mean, he knew he knew what team he had in the bigs and it wasn't ready to win now. 
So you hold on to those guys, you bring them up, and then you wait to add and tweak. And it, I mean, Gillick really fell into a beautiful position. He had he put, a team that was ready to win and needed pieces. Gillick finished off the job. He, he put in the final few pieces that, that got it done. But this was largely Ed Wade's team that won. And what a crappy job to have. Yes, it pays well. But you have a bunch of guys that you know you could go get players to win now. You could try to because your job is gone if you can't win now. How tough must it be to know you could make the team better and have a better chance to save your job, but you know that's just not what's best right now? Well, in all reality, that's probably why he stayed for as long as he did. The owners didn't give him the axe. He walked away. Because, I mean, the owners are probably looking at it the same way, saying, look, there's no way he can win with this. And then we don't want him going around and trading the farm. He's in a no-win situation. And then eventually he probably had enough of it and walked away and tried to get into a better organization or at least a better fit for him. And he seems like he's right back at square one with, uh, with Houston. Now, speaking of Houston, though, um, uh, they did deal Berkman to the Yankees today. It's not even known what they got in return, which means... Must have been a lot. <laughs> Must have been a lot. I mean, so Berkman goes there. I mean, it's a fire sale down in Houston. But I read a report in the New York Daily News from Andy Martino said the Mets a couple weeks ago called them about Brett Myers, and they said, no way. Not even on the block. Yeah, Brett's actually Brett? been pretty impressive. He's got go a better figure. ERA than Oswald. Yeah, go figure. Uh, I know he was one guy where I was joking around with a couple of my buddies when we were talking about, I mean, it's my, it was when all the Oswalt deal started and, and I was on my kick of, I don't really want Oswalt. <laughs> I said, give me Brett Myers. <laughs> Bring old Brett back here because Brett is a guy who um, you could look at a number of ways. Yeah, you can go ahead and you can pop him in your starting rotation and, and he's been awfully successful there. But it, at the very least, at worst case scenario, put him in the bullpen. Put him in the bullpen. He can close. He did in 2007. Yeah, I'll take him. I, he's, for me, he's got he's got the mentality that you need at the back end of the bullpen. I mean, he's a horse. Uh, mentality. So you're gonna say no? Huh? You're going to say no? You like you like the mentality of Brett Myers? I do. I do, man. Jay, Jay, this, this guy, this is a guy that has all the physical tools in the world. He's got the nasty curveball, one of the best in the business. He's got the fastball. He's got the pitches. Why Why has he been so – well, I'm not going to say that. Why has he been so inconsistent his whole career? You, you just give tell him one Mental. inning. Give him one inning and just say, this is your job. He, he loved what? that closer role. Well, I'm not going to say he loved it. I viewed it as he got a kick out of it. When he was coming out in the ninth inning and it was all about Brett and he had one job and that was to get three outs, I don't know, man. I, it, so, you're, me, so your argument is that three outs is not enough time for him to melt down? Basically, yeah. <laughs> basically. And long and short, yeah, basically. Just give him one inning. One inning of his stuff. Get in, get out. He just seems to have that, that rock star mentality of get in, get out, all eyes on me for one inning, and then I'm done. He did, but here's my big problem with, with Brett Myers. And I'm not going to say I wouldn't do the same thing in his case. And I remember specifically, it was a game earlier in 07. Actually, the opening day, he, he was the opening day starter in 2007. He pitches a gym, going for the complete game against the Braves. The crowd is standing, cheering. He's got two strikes. And I'm just like, don't do it, Brett. Don't do it. Everybody knew it was coming. He got all hyped up and tried to just blow it by him. Boom. Two-run shot over the wall until he's loose. That's the kind of stuff that scares me about Brett Myers. He, let, he gets all up in the moment, and then he tries to blow it by somebody instead of pitching. That, yeah, that, but that's part of pitching, man. You're going to make you're gonna make those mistakes. Part of pitching is, I mean, you, you're not a good pitcher if you don't, at times, 
you know, get lost in the game. You're not. A, I, mean, right. I don't well, care. I don't care whether you're a pitcher, whether you're a quarterback, a receiver. I don't care if you play soccer. The whole reason you've gotten to that level is because you're passionate about the game. There's something about the game that drives you, and if you don't let yourself get caught up at, at times, or at least fall into the emotion of the game. I don't know what you're playing for, personally. All right. Well, look, look we've got to take a break. I mean, Brett Myers isn't even available, so forget it. Look, <laughs> yeah, we get on Brett Myers' tangent. I know. I know. We'll, we'll, we'll come back and we'll talk some Eagles. We'll be right back on G-Cob in the house. to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports hey football fans are you ready for an intelligent discussion about the buffalo bills and the national football league are you tired of listening to talk show hosts that have never played football instead of answering your questions they prefer to listen to themselves and when they don't like what you're saying they just cut you off well, that won't happen on the Jeff Nixon Sports Report. Keep it clean, stay relatively calm and rational, and the discussion will flow well. Join Jeff Nixon Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Network. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. Drawing on resources from wellness communities throughout America and abroad, the show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and wellness network what it comes down to ladies is that defining line between been there done that and ain't going back baby yeah i've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers maybe even dolls babes darling sugar and sweetheart but i say that women are truly amazing join dr marlene for amazing women brains beauty and style every wednesday at 1 p.m pacific right here on the voice america women's radio network Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. All right, everybody, we're back here on G Cobb in the house. I'm Michael Warren, along with Jason Ashworth, J.A. Uh, you know what, Jay? Actually, I was just... Because we, we were talking some Phillies, and, and we're going to get into some Eagles talk right now. Training camp started, and I know that's probably what people would rather talk about anyway, because, I mean, I love baseball, but football's just better. It is. Here's a question for you, Jay. And if you have an answer for me, I, I, you, you go to Philly.com, which is the, the, whole, the website of the Inquirer and the Daily News, and they have the sports... You know, you go to the Eagles section, they got the sports headlines or whatever... Right below that is a bunch of links from the Bleacher Report. Why on why or why would a major newspaper website have links to Bleacher Report stories? 
that odd to you? No answer. I, I don't have an answer. They have a 700 level club there too. I think the 700 level got bought by Comcast recently. Which, if that's the case, good for it. That. Actually, it did. It did because I was on Comcast today. No joke. I was on Comcast CSN Philly today, and I scrolled down to the bottom and I saw the 700 level, and I was like, "What the heck is this doing here?" So, same thing that you're talking about with the Bleacher Report. No, I wouldn't listen to either of those websites. Yeah, but the Bleacher Report. I mean, for those who don't know what the Bleacher Report is, go, go to the BleacherReport dot com. It's it's like fans, and anybody can write. You, there's no. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody can write. It's like, well, there's a bunch of sites out there. There's like offtherecordsports.com. That's <laughs> hilarious. There's a, there's a couple OCR, of them. OCRSportsOnline.com is a reputable site uh, <laughs> run by very intelligent people. Um, <laughs> uh, that's just odd to me, especially when when we talk about the, uh, the odds that journalists are with, with blogs and stuff and how newspapers have really uh, battled blogs and it's not legitimate. They don't have any journalistic ethics. To, and, and a lot of times these guys are right, but... I don't know why. I mean, Jay, I saw, I saw. I read one article on the Bleacher Report one time. This kid compared Allen Iverson to Martin Luther King. Dead serious. I mean, Good that's journalistic move. <laughs> that's the Bleacher Report. But anyway, aside from that, um, you know, we, we just get done talking about the Eagles and all their, I mean, uh, the Phillies and everything they've done with Oswald and they're putting the pieces in together for a championship. And, and we're going to look at the Eagles. Uh, one one instance specifically bugs me that they haven't gone out to upgrade uh, this secondary. Yes, they drafted Nate Allen in the second round. That was the, uh, the Donovan McNabb pick. Asante Samuel is what he is. He's still way better than anything else you're going to get. Do you have a problem with Ellis Hobbs at the other starting corner? I mean, are they serious? Do I have a problem? Well, I have a problem because we don't even know if Ellis Hobbs is 100% healthy. Yep. So, yes, <laughs> to go ahead and say, yeah, Ellis Hobbs is my starter. Uh, yeah, I'm not too comfortable with Ellis Hobbs as a starter, but I think what I am comfortable with is having three guys over there vying for the position, which is what's happening right now between Lindley and uh, and Macho Harris as well. I mean, let's not forget Macho Harris was out of position last year, and uh, I argue uh, with this. I argued this with you the entire time. I know Macho with Harris the Macho not Harris, a he's a corner, and they're they're actually looks like they're going to give him a shot to play corner. And with Ellis Hobbs, you I mean us having our concerns over Ellis Hobbs, and why not give? Uh, give Macho Harris a shot. And this Lindley kid, the fourth rounder from Kentucky, apparently he's playing pretty well, too. So it at least makes for some competition over the other side. Uh-huh. Well, look, uh, if Macho Harris becomes a good corner in this league, I'll buy you dinner at Friendly's. And what are you talking about if he becomes a good corner? Anybody's a good corner if you have a pass rush. If you can get pressure on the quarterback, anybody Well, then you better hope Brandon Graham's good. You'll get a free dinner <laughs> well, True story. True story. I mean, I think they did an... They, all in all, I mean, looking back at the draft, all in all, uh, I think they they addressed several positions that they needed to. But I'd like to see them draft a corner maybe a little higher, or or maybe gather a couple more picks in the earlier rounds and trade some of the old the, the later round picks for uh, another defensive back. Yeah, would I would I like to see them go out and address that position uh, in free agency a little more than Marlon Jackson? Yes. Uh, but I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, and I think they're gonna just make the best of what they have now and rely on pressure, which is what this team has always pretty much done. They've had good corners in the past, but they rely on their pressure on the quarterback. So they're just gonna have to do that with uh, some unproven guys back there. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> that's a big time concern because when the secondary breaks down, that's how big plays happen. And you know, this team's got a lot of question marks. Look, the team has a lot of question marks as they head to camp. Uh, I'm glad they got Nate Allen in. I'm glad Brandon Graham is signed. All their picks are signed. Um, 
which it's easy to do when they're all fifth rounders and fifth and sixth rounders. Yeah, yeah, true story. Easier to sign. But uh, you know, but one of these draft picks did concern me. Um, and I mean, you you and I we watched the draft, and there was a lot of these guys. It's like they're taking some of these guys. You're like, who? And almost hey, all of them are these How like about that one. Yeah, that's my problem. Did you? Jay watched him up at training camp this week, and he made it clear. He's like, look, it's early. It's very early. I'm not. He's like, but this kid was, you know, battling, I mean, nobody offensive linemen, like first cut type offensive linemen, camp bodies. And he said he was on the ground every time. He was getting his butt whooped. I don't, I, I didn't get the pick. I didn't get the pick. All I keep hearing, I hate that whole nonsense about a motor. Motor, motor, motor. I, I get a motor is part of being an NFL athlete. Everybody who's an NFL athlete has to have some sort of a motor uh, if they're going to be on the defensive line. But undersized, it's not strong enough, not big enough. That's, you just can't teach that. But there, are only, there are only so many Trent Coles out there who are undersized, well, quote-unquote undersized, but they, they can wreak havoc on the defensive line. Nation, I'm sorry, that's not him. I didn't see that in him. Now, I'm not a scout, but in the homework that I've done, I just don't see it. Um, but apparently the, the Eagles are smarter than everybody else, as they always are. Yeah. And put this kid, you know, three rounds higher than he probably should have went. Yeah, and that's something that's always bugged me because for the most part, I'm pretty much pro-organization as far as this regime. Uh, I'm a Jeffrey Larry fan because he brings people in and he lets them do their job. He's not Dan Snyder. He's not, you know, making calls from the sidelines, you know, up from his owner's booth. I, I, I'm fine with Jeffrey Larry. Joe Banner does an excellent job. He doesn't always say the right things. He always, doesn't always do things that everyone loves. Joe Banner created a position in the NFL. The whole capologist thing, and he's he's important to have. He's you know, uh, I even like I like Howie Roseman. I think Andy Reid, for the most part, does a great job. Do they have their flaws? Yes, but that's one of them that bugs me. They're smarter than everybody else. Mm-hmm. They want to take a guy two rounds before he's supposed to go, to make to let everyone know that we know something you don't. You know, ooh, we don't we don't need to go do, do such and such. We'll get Daryl Tap. Look at this. Yeah, he's Daryl Tap. You know, it's. They're always trying to find, oh, Marlon, oh, well, you're a safety? Oh, we're going to make you a corner. We, look, look, we found this guy kicking field goals. We're going to make him a center. <laughs> you know, it, it's always no, it's frustrating. frustrating. It's absolutely frustrating because you, you want to give an organization, you want to give guys who, you know, this is their living. This is yeah. what, this is what they, they earn their, their living on. This is their breadwinner. It's what they do for a living, not us. We're just the guys in the office or we're just the guys um, – who has, for all intents and purposes, the uneducated opinion? But it seems yeah. like so many of us can, can, can see things. Why can't they? Why? Why? Why can I, the modest fan or, or whatever it may be, look at a guy and say, "Yeah, you know, yeah, he can be successful in the NFL. He won't be successful in the NFL." But they don't see that, and they're willing to pay this guy millions of dollars. And be wrong. I, I, that's one of the most frustrating things about the organization. They do it. I mean, if you had to look. If you had to pick on the offensive side of the ball, we'll start with the offensive side of the ball. What's your your biggest question mark? What, what are you troubled by the most? Offensive side of the ball? Yeah, probably the center right now. Um, I, I want to see how. Well, you know what? I'm going to yeah, probably center right now because yeah, I want that to interior see line is problem. Yeah, I mean Jamal Jackson probably realistically won't be back until around week four. Um, so I'm not sure how the interior line is going to hold. Um, running back, uh, probably not, because I have a lot of faith in Leonard Weaver. 
if LaShawn McCoy can, can hold it or can't hold it fair enough, I think they have a steady, uh, at least a reliable second option in, uh, in Leonard Weaver if needed. And then, oh, jeez. Sorry, big error by the Phils. Um, <laughs> and then I would probably have to say you have to look at Kevin Cobb as your third concern. That's all. Not because yeah, I don't think and I'll take it even a step further on, on that center issue. The interior offensive line. You know, the reports on Harriman's has not been great uh, about his injury. People, I think there's some concern there. So there's your left guard. You have a center who don't, don't, don't put Nick Cole in there. Don't put Nick Cole in there and tell me he's going to get the job done. The guy can't make the calls. And if you can't make the calls, you shouldn't be in there. So I don't want Nick Cole in there. That's a problem. And on the right side, right, right side on his side is uh, Stacey Andrews. Hey, he's a tackle. No, we're going to make him a guard. What do you see? Smarter than everybody else. Smarter than everybody else. Hey, hey, he's coming off an injury, too. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. We'll sign him. We'll give you double the bonus money. Double. It's good. Boy, in, injured and playing out of position? Wow. That's our favorite. That's a problem. Those guys need to work together. I mean, the, the, you look at the Colts offensive line all you know this past decade, uh, the second part of this decade with the Giants offensive line. They didn't have Walter Jones or, or Jonathan Ogden or, like, the super studs or Hutchinson. They played together. They're a unit. And that's what bothers me. Well, I mean, the, guys... the Eagles have had that. The Eagles have had the unit in the past. At one point, they had, you know, all five starters uh, at Rand Street that was tops in the NFL in terms of uh, playing together. So they've had the unit in the past. But unfortunately, when you they do that... <laughs> they don't now. Well, yeah, but unfortunately, that's part of the game, my man. Unfortunately, no, when you go so that's... many years with the same guys, Guess what? The Trey Thomases and John Runyons of the world, and uh, your entire line gets old. They, they come up yeah, on contract. They got to move. But and then injuries are part of this. How, how much better do you feel at Jamal Jackson's at center? A lot of questions a lot go away. A lot a of lot questions better. go away. So injuries have a lot to do with this. I understand, but as of now, we're dealing with what we're dealing with. And all the people that want to talk about Cobb's this, oh, he's better than Donovan, he's not going to do this, and oh, Deshaun and Macklin, once they get going and sell, Cobb's nobody that all means nothing. That all means nothing if that interior line breaks down. No, oh. yeah, I agree. Kevin Cobb is no Kevin Cobb can't do his job with a defensive lineman in his face every every snap. Up the so. middle, no less. And you got Ratliff, yeah. Justin Tuck's going to be coming. If, if Albert Hainsworth ever passes that physical, he's going to be coming. Mm-hmm. And that stuff just as long as he can run his three hundred yard sprints, Albert Hainsworth will <laughs> be coming. But see, that's, that's a big concern to me. That, that derails an offense. And, I mean, Andre Johnson has been a, a phenomenal receiver forever. He's been in the league since 2003. No one really knew who, he, you know, started to pay attention to him until the last couple of years because David Carr was on his back. He couldn't yep. get him the ball. So yep. I love Deshaun Jackson. He's one of the most, if not the most explosive player in the NFL. I love Jeremy Macklin. He could be even better than Deshaun. And uh, none of that well, stuff. you got to call their name. What? you got to make sure that they're uh... – you got to make sure they have an opportunity to catch the ball, which means Kevin Cobb has to deliver it, which means the offensive line needs to block. There's a lot of that stuff that needs to happen, and for me to, to get all to get into the Kevin Cobb and all these weapons and stuff, boy, you know this is this is the offense that they should have had when the offensive line was intact when Donovan was there. But look, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and finish things up. Uh, we'll talk some more uh, Eagles and football when we get back. This is G Cobb in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com.
a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it with 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Are you ready to talk football with the greatest wide receiver player and coach in NFL history? Tune in to Wide Open with Andre Rison. Andre is ready to talk to you and give his thoughts on the sport. There'll be celebrity guests, coaches, players, artists, and more. He'll go beyond the game with a look from the coach's point of view and feature a high school player each week. Tune in to Wide Open with host Andre Rison. Featured Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. The IS Outdoors Talk Radio Show brings two well-known outdoorsmen to the Voice America Network with hunting and fishing info news, talking about everything from new sporting gear, places to hunt and fish, and getting more from your recreation time. Join hosts Brock Ray and Don Kirk Thursday mornings at 7 a.m. Pacific time for IS Outdoors on the Voice America Sports Channel. With their combined experience of 60 years in the woods, Brock and Don have traveled widely, creating TV shows and writing articles on hunting and fishing. Blessed with down-home humor, they are also well-versed in environmental concerns, firearms ownership, and animal rights issues. IS Outdoors offers brisk interaction with the audience, soliciting opinions and questions on a wide range of outdoors subjects. Tune in every Thursday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific time to the IS Outdoors Talk Radio Show with Brock Ray and Don Kirk, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G. Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to garycobb at aol.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G. Cobb in the house. Back here on G Cop in the house. I'm Michael Warren with Jason Ashworth, and we've been talking Phillies, we've been talking Eagles, and, and Jay, actually, i, I got to give you credit. For the first time in a long time, you brought up an interesting subject during the break. Um, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. 
of, of the 18-game season in the NFL, and I do want to talk about that. Uh, obviously, ownership has, has brought this up, where they want to go from a 16-game season to an 18-game season. The players' argument is, well, what are you going to give me? I want extra money. You're asking me to play two more regular season games, I mean, preseason games or whatever. What do you think, Jay? Is it nonsense? Is it something they should do? I mean, it, it increases interest, could increase, increase revenue. What, what do the players deserve? Does it increase interest and revenue? Um, it's going to be hard to say no to that. I mean, obviously, it'll increase the revenue. Does it increase, does it increase the interest? Um, yeah, possibly, because there's a lot of things that go along with an 18-game season. I mean, obviously, more games, more available, more availability to watch, more uh, possible expansion. I mean, they're talking about playing games, um, you know, more games in different countries. Well, yeah, I mean, from from a, a whole, the whole perspective, will it increase probably interest worldwide? Yes, but it waters down the league to me. I mean, it doesn't water down the league. But I, I will say this: if you do go to 18 games, I'm sorry, you got. Do you know anybody that can explain why you have a 53 53 man active roster with a 45? People get hurt. Game? That's why people get hurt. You're not if you if you have trouble keeping a guy healthy over 16 games. Good luck keeping him over 18 games. Well, that's what I'm saying. Why I still don't understand why you have 53 guys, but you're only allowed to dress 45. That, that's just a complete made-up number. Um, if you're going to expand the season, you got to expand your rosters. Yeah, you can't have your wide receiver chasing guys down on punts. See, tell me, Steven Jackson is going to be the same bruising type run. You know, tell me any of these running backs that are bruisers or what makes them uh, exciting to watch or, or any. Any position almost in the NFL, it, you have to change your mentality because you can't do that for an extra two games and expect it not to take its toll on you. You can't be a bruising running back for 18 games and then look to a possible number, another four games in the postseason. And I mean, that, yeah, that's asking a lot of your players who don't have guaranteed contracts. I'm sorry. If you, if you think Adrian Peterson's already in line for a short career and a lot of these running backs who are really three years and done, I mean, what's that going to do to them? Think about it. If you have an eight-year career, your body's really played nine. Yeah. That's an extra yeah. two games that adds up to an entire extra season on your body. And yeah, if you're going to do right. this, if you're going to go to something The like very this, least you can do is guarantee a contract, right? You can go to that, but remember they get signing bonuses. That's yeah, well, fair bonus. enough. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that you have to keep the signing bonuses what they are but you can guarantee some money towards the back end of a guy's career. But this is one of the reasons the CBA uh, negotiations are such a mess. There is so much on the table right now and so many things to be discussed. It's not one issue. This is certainly one of them. But you've you got to make it fair for the players. You've got to make it worth their while. If you want to say more, more money, okay, fine, that's one thing. What about all this nonsense and OTAs and, and off-season workouts and it's voluntary, but you better be there? That's such crap. These guys, especially... Okay, young guys need the reps. I get that. That's fine. But you're going to tell me Brian Westbrook needs to be in training camp? I mean, obviously not now. I'm not, you know, that's not a good example. Uh, a guy like that, a guy that knows the game, he knows the Brett system. Use Brett Favre, because, I mean, he's the perfect example. He doesn't go to the camps, and no one makes us think about it because they understand he doesn't need to be there. Well, in any case, you could argue that he could work on some timing with the receivers. I mean, even for a quarterback. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Are you freaking kidding me? The, guy the receivers need to get used right to catching now. his passes. You think that he throws the exact same way as Tarveris Jackson? Oh, no, he actually, he absolutely does. He absolutely does. I made the point the other day 
when they were talking about, oh, Brett Favre will be ready for camp, he's actually been uh, he, he's been thrown with some high schoolers like he always does. And it's like, I, I made, oh, yeah, okay, well, great. Well, I was just on 309, and I was driving down 76. Yeah, I'm preparing to race in the Indy 500 next week. It's the same. <laughs> yeah, it's the same. But Those high school kids run credit. routes just like Sydney rides. <laughs> to his credit, though, I mean, he comes out uh, as he did last year, and he has one of the best years in his career. And he didn't, he didn't go to camp, so it, I, mean, it, I guess it, it may be individual. It's tough to argue with the year he had, but mm-hmm. even even as things stand now, I think what's asked of these players in the off season is a little ridiculous. I mean, the body needs rest. The body absolutely needs, needs rest, and these guys don't get it. They really don't get it. They need more months off. They need more time off. I mean. This is a brutal, brutal, brutal game. And you're talking about making it two more games. And, I mean, I don't know if the owners expected that they would just extend the season and everyone like, oh, yeah, okay. I, uh, do you think the extra money is even worth it? Uh, no, me, no, I don't. And I think you hit it on the head. It, it, these guys need rest. These guys need more. I mean, we're not talking about flag football out there. We're not talking about baseball. This isn't basketball. This isn't soccer. This isn't even hockey. It's football. There's a reason there's only 16 games. There's a reason it used to be 12. They got bumped up to 16. Now you're going to try and move it to 18. I'll be honest with you. You're going to see a lot more Ricky Williams out there. For everybody who wants to say what they want about Ricky Williams, a large part of the reason he took that time off is because he was hurting. He did not have enough time to, to get his body back in shape, and he just needed to get away just to heal and get better. Both, I mean, obviously mentally, but physically, too. You're exactly I think if right you move into an 18 game, you're going to have a lot of guys that just simply need more time to, to recover. Uh, a friend of mine that used to play uh, football always makes a very good point, and he always starts it off with, nobody will ever do this. He said, nobody will ever do this. But the best thing for some of these guys is to take a year off. It would extend their career by. You could have an extra two or three years in the back end, and what you said about Ricky Williams is, is absolute proof of that. No one that runs like Ricky Williams would still be in this league if, if, if they just continued to play all the time or in every down back. No way. He came back to run for 1,000 yards. Dude ran for another 1,000-yard season. He had six years in between 1,000-yard seasons. Only, only play in NFL history to do that. So he it's took a year, two, two years off. Body recovers. Go take no. it. And I, and I think if I'm the players, I would push for that. Uh, obviously, you want to still get more money. They do deserve it. If you're, you know, if Jay, if you're going to have to come in on Saturday and Sunday, you want to be paid for Saturday and Sunday. You know, throughout the <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, I, I got no problem with that. It's two extra days of work that they're put. Actually, it's not two extra days. It's two extra full weeks of work that you've got to get up, practice, get mentally prepared, you know, probably some traveling in there. That's two full, full more weeks of work. I think the players deserve more rest. Give them a few extra bucks. That's fine. But, you know, that, that's going to pretty much do it for us for this week, Jay. We're going to have to get back to it next week. Um, I want more money for next week, go, Let's go check next out the Phillies next game. Week. I want more money. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to get <laughs> a little more of your paycheck next week. But I appreciate it. Thank you. This is G Cobb in the house. I'm Michael Warren, Jason Ashworth. Everybody have a good weekend. We'll see you next week.
Time to break the huddle. We'll be back again next Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern for another edition of G Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and Micah Warren. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you again soon. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.